Welcome to Public Historians at Work, a podcast series from the Center for Public History at the University of Houston. This season, we're examining how public historians engage with race and the roots of systemic racism in our city, state, and nation. In this special supplement, graduate students from the University of Houston highlight voices and stories from the Third Ward, a historic Black neighborhood at the heart of the city. Let's listen in. Sherry Schrader. Before me is a wall mural painted by artist John Biggers inside the Blue Triangle Community Center in Houston's Third Ward. The artist titled this painting, The Contribution of Negro Women in American Life and Education, and it features Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. Today, the mural is bright and beautiful, but this is after the necessary restoration after damage done during Hurricane Harvey. Luckily, the mural could be restored to its glory and continues to span an entire wall in the meeting room. The colors swirl in shades of whites, browns, yellows, and blues to create this captivating image. On the left stands Sojourner Truth standing on the railroad tracks, speaking to the people. A man reads a book following what she is saying. The audience is looking up at her, captivated by every word. Behind her, a choir sings next to a church with stained glass windows. A young man with a magnifying glass looks at the new crops growing from the ground. A nurse tends an elderly woman, while medical professionals tend to a human heart. There are people everywhere. On the right side of the mural strides Harriet Tubman with the torch of freedom and armed with a rifle. She has a mass of field workers behind her, including women and children. Tubman has a man's arm around her neck as she tries to get him to a better place. Women take a man down from the gallows in a Marian gesture, while men in coveralls are bowed in prayer. Between Sojourner Truth and Harriet Tubman, a male cotton picker holds a bag of cotton, holding a pillar that is breaking from the progress of Harriet Tubman with the tree of knowledge standing at his back. Everywhere I look are different people, and depending what side of the mural, the emotions on the faces differ. On the side of truth, there is struggle, but hope with the growth of education. And on the side of Tubman exhibits the fight for freedom and independence. Both sides show barriers can and will be overcome. But who was the man behind this powerful painting? What brought him to Houston and to this work in particular? In this episode, we will discuss the legacy of John Biggers, an influential force at Texas Southern University, the Third Ward, and the art world. John 
Alan Thomas Biggers was born April 13, 1924, the youngest of seven children in Gastonia, North Carolina, to Paul and Cora Biggers. His father worked several jobs, including that of a shoemaker, Baptist minister, and teacher, while his mother worked as a domestic worker for local white families. He began his college career at Hampton Institute, which is now known as Hampton University, with the intention of training to become a plumber. Luckily for us, his path changed after taking a class from Victor Lowenfeld, a Jewish refugee who came to the United States before World War II from Austria. Lowenfeld introduced his students to African art, Harlem Renaissance masters, American regionalists, and Mexican muralists. This was the start of Biggers studying art, but would John Biggers be able to finish his education or would he be drafted into the military to fight in World War II? Biggers was drafted into the Navy in 1943, but he found a way to continue at the Hampton Institute by making models of machinery used in the military to help with the training of soldiers. This year also marked his first large exhibition appearance with the work Dying Soldier. Displayed in the exhibition, Young Negro Art at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. After being released from the Navy in 1945, Biggers continued his education by transferring to Pennsylvania State to complete not only his bachelor's, but also master's and doctoral degrees. After teaching for about a year, Biggers and his wife Hazel moved to Houston so that he could teach at and found the art department at Texas Southern University, then known as Texas State University for Negroes in 1949. As he was becoming adjusted to life in Houston, he continued to enter art competitions. But would Biggers be recognized as Southern art institutions in the 1950s? he won for his Conte crown drawing, The Cradle, at a competition at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston. He was unable to attend the reception for his prize due to the fact the museum did not allow black people on that day of the week. They were only allowed on Thursdays due to current Jim Crow laws. He subsequently won, in 1952, the Neiman Marcus Prize at the Dallas Museum of Art for his drawing Sleeping Boy. He was unable to attend this reception because it had been canceled and instead his prize was hand-delivered to him. did not stop Biggers from encouraging his students. Instead, he took his students to the Museum of Fine Arts Houston on Thursdays when they were allowed. He felt much more could be done by encouraging the youthful talent he saw in his classroom. In 1996, at the age of 72, Biggers said in an interview, quote, it's tragic to see how much talent we have that's wasted daily. 
The ghetto is full of art talent, just full of it. But that's being turned into gun and dope and everything else. Creativity is just bubbling over in the black community and we don't handle it right, unquote. What other ways could he show his students how to use their talents in their home of the Third Ward? In 1952, at the age of 28, John Biggers was offered a new role in the Third Ward community. The Blue Triangle branch of the YWCA had gotten a new community center and donations were coming in from the community. Reverend Fred T. Lee wanted to honor his late wife, Miss Della Lee, by having a painting done of her for the center. John Biggers, the head of Texas State University's four-year-old art program, was going to be the artist. This was a huge step in the career of Biggers and of the murals and artwork displayed in the Third Ward of Houston. The project soon grew from a painting on canvas to a full wall mural. The tough decision was what to put on the mural that would capture the essence of the Third Ward community and leave a lasting impression for years to come. There were lots of suggestions of different women from history to include, but Biggers decided on focusing on black women in the mural because this was their community center. He stated in his dissertation concerning the project, quote, the building in question offers a place for study, work, play, relaxation, and communion for the Negro girls and women of Houston, unquote. This doesn't mean that there wasn't differing opinions in the community. In his book, Black Art in Houston, he wrote about the following incident. Quote, One morning, several middle-aged women gathered around the ladder on which Biggers was working. At that time, he was engaged in a monumental depiction of Harriet Tubman, giving her powerful hands and feet to fit the title General Moses. One woman, obviously the group's leader, spoke up in a high trembling voice. She told Biggers he must stop the painting. Why, he asked. The spokeswoman replied that the images of the slave and especially of Harriet Tubman disgraced Negro womanhood. Come down, young man. Get down from the wall and stop this flagrant disrespect immediately. We will have to have the space covered with some lovely cool pea green color. Biggers stopped work for a week or so until YWCA officials convinced the group that the depiction of black women had value, unquote. Alvia Jean Wardlaw Short, a former colleague of Biggers at Texas Southern, wrote an article mentioning the finished work, the strength, spirit, and courage of Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth is in that meeting room, which is a reminder to those in there the importance of what they play with the decisions made concerning the lives of those they are trying to help.
Where would life and art take figures next? In 1957, Biggers had his first opportunity to travel to Africa on a UNESCO grant. This trip challenged and changed his outlook. He traveled to Ghana, Nigeria, and other West African countries, documenting the trip in his book Anense: The Web of Life in Africa. This book included 89 drawings he had done during the six-month trip with his wife. During his time at Texas Southern University, he continued his own art career while nurturing and creating a legacy of art with his students. At Texas Southern, he encouraged his students to explore and learn about themselves and the world around them. Inspired by the mural work of Diego Rivera, he started a mural program utilizing the blank walls of the university as a canvas. We had a mural program at TSU where uh, uh, John Day and John Institute. You know, he came here in 1949 at the uh, in almost insistence of uh, one of our patrons in Houston, uh, Miss Susan Magajan, when he was uh, exhibiting at the Hester House because he then he was teaching in Alabama, and you know, she spoke to the uh, the dean and. You got to get this man over here so that he can embrace these young African kids, so that they can get a sense of their their culture. And uh, instead of trying to imitate Picasso and imitate all the Modigliani and all these people who imitated Africa, by the way, we had a five-year program. And the reason is because of the mural. Because at the end of our tenure, we had to produce a mural, and a mural is. A very, very large picture, at least eight、uh, by fourteen, at a minimum,、uh, would be considered a mural size. And a mural is for a large audience. It is not an easel painting where you paint your little personal easel. I mean, painting on an easel and then it's in somebody's house. No, it's for the it's for the it's for the community. And this is where John was in his 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 thinking. It had to do with community and、uh, and our people at large.、Uh, so、uh, our program、uh, ended with before you graduated, you had to create a mural on the wall. So in Hannah Hall, three floors are just covered with murals, you know, because John's first teaching lesson was. Young people had to express themselves, and express themselves from where you are, where you come from, you know. And our kids didn't come from River Oaks, you know. They came from Third Ward and Cashmere Gardens, even and Sunnyside, and you name it. Even some of them came out of state, Chicago, and so forth, because they had heard about Bigger's program. It was just that popular. It was the only school. Where a public, a illustrated publication was made about a mural program in the United States at the time. John taught expression, and then he would come back 
and allow you in your own way to refine your expression. The most important thing was to get it all out, your system. And once you get it all out, then on the surface, you can take this away, take that away, take that away, bring harmony to it, bring organization to it, bring uh, a coerciveness to it, bring a wholeness to it, a congruency, a completeness to it, a coherence to it, you see? And, and that's how you talk. But the main thing was, you must identify with yourself. You must identify with yourself. Or else you are trying to imitate somebody else or do what others are doing. You're trying to breathe with foreign lungs. And, and oh, he was great. The voice you just heard was Harvey Johnson, one of Dr. Bigger's students who later became a professor at TSU. The murals became part of a senior project for the students exploring their art, heritage, and to continue thinking big. Some were covered shortly after, but other murals were left for anyone passing to see and take in for years to come after. One such example was the murals done by Harvey Johnson. His two murals from his undergraduate years adorned the walls of the administration building until 2010. Titled Mothers of the Fathers and the Son, and there's a handwriting on the wall, his works emphasize the importance of mothers in our ancestry and society while also recognizing the influence and importance of African art to the American landscape. In an interview with Molly Glenser, Mr. Johnson said, quote, he wanted us to know who we were and deal not with art, but with the visual poetry of ourselves, the who, what, where of our existence, unquote. In a 2009 article, Dr. Sarah Trotty mentions that Texas Southern University is the only university in the nation with such a diverse collection of murals in one place. The collection includes 160 student murals and three by John Biggers himself, dating from 1949 to 2009. These murals tell the history of not only the university, but Houston and the students who have attended the school. Themes included in the murals are racial inequality, cultural, civil rights, religion, and education. From Texas Southern in 1983, John Biggers continued his artwork despite his worsening health until his death in 2001. But the impact of Biggers is still seen in the Third Ward and throughout Houston today, with a continuing legacy of his students such as Harvey Johnson, Kermit Oliver, Tierney Malone, Early Hudnall Jr., and Robert Pruitt. Third Ward also shines from the influence of Biggers in the work of Rick Lowe and the Project Row Houses. I want to end with one last quote from Biggers from the 1978 book Black Art in Houston. Quote, I began to see art not primarily as an individual expression of talent, but as a responsibility to reflect the spirit and style of the Negro people. Unquote. 
Hopefully his legacy will continue through the viewing of the mural program and of his work for generations to come. Thank you for listening. Thank you especially to the African American Library at the Gregory School for use of the oral history of Harvey Johnson. For more about the firsthand experience of Houston's African American community, please check out the Houston Oral History Project Gregory School Interviews at digital.houstonlibrary.org. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of Public Historians at Work. For more stories from the Third Ward, check out the Oral History Collection in the University of Houston Libraries at digital.lib.uh.edu. To learn more about the Center for Public History, find us online at uh.edu slash class slash cph or on Facebook and Twitter at uhcphistory. Remember, we are all keepers of our history. Thank you.